How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good, but I want to have the combined, well, the average score of how I'm doing with how Mike's doing. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm doing just fine as well, so I guess we are fine across the board. All right, we, yeah, we I, match at fine. We're doing we're doing okay. Yeah, if you guys didn't have the exact same answer, I was gonna ask you to quantify it like on some sort of scale <laughs> so we actually could have an average, because I'm not gonna like average fine and great, you know. I mean, you really have to just do the math of like the worst answer I've ever had on the podcast and the best answer I've ever had on the mm-hmm. podcast. So I probably said terrible and I probably said amazing. So this is like right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. I feel, I I feel like fine is lower on the scale. It's not the average between terrible and amazing though. I feel good or great would have to be the middle. Well, great's more positive than good. Yeah. I feel like fine could be good, but it it depends on inflection. I was going to say fine. Yeah. But if I go fine, (laughs) like it technically counts. Right, so does does fine exist on either side of the median? <laughs> it might, it might. So what's in the center? Okay. But then again, same thing with okay inflection. Mm-hmm. Adds I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay well, I mean, feels you, low to me. If you do a damn girl, you fine. That's definitely a positive. Mm-hmm. That's also telling someone how they themselves feel, which is weird, right? <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> depending on my inflection yeah damn girl you fine (laughs) (laughs) just drag it out until they walk away she's more of a pep in her step not not from taking a compliment of like describing her physical appearance it's uh me forcefully telling her her mood (laughs) (laughs) right assign value fine that's fair well i'm glad you guys are doing fine I'm also doing a little bit, little a little well, um, to borrow an expression that doesn't exist. Had a nap at some point. That was naps nice. are good. <laughs> you don't know when the nap was. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you take if you take enough naps, they kind of just blend together. <laughs> Occasionally, there's a longer nap. And then I some woke, people uh, call it sleep. Ah, <laughs> uh, the big nap. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, big Kahuna burger. How long? How long do you usually nap for? Probably like fifteen minutes, maybe twenty. Really? Like that. Yeah. Is that is that too long or too short for his answer, Mike? To me, that feels short. I mean, yeah. I, I know that's that's what they say you should do. You should only nap for like fifteen, twenty minutes. But if I try to nap, I usually end up sleeping at least two hours. Yeah. I have been known to. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, and then immediately feel terrible upon waking up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That them's the bricks. It's the sleep inertia if you sleep too long. That's why I don't nap because like it feels so nice to lay down when your body's like a little bit tired. You rest your eyes and you're like, I could just drift off, but then I'm going to fuck my day up because I'll be like 2 a.m. I'm like, why am I not tired? Yeah. And I'm always afraid of that happening. The secret is to just always be tired in advance. <laughs> just always be tired and then the nap doesn't hurt you as much. Oh, yeah. Have a Sleep still seems good. And deprive yourself. It's easy. Uh-huh. But uh, now there's a lot of ways you can optimize for it. You can have shorter naps. That helps with sleep inertia. You can ingest caffeine prior to laying down. That, that works, too. Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I am largely immune to the effects of caffeine at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could set an alarm, which is like external caffeine in a way. Hmm. Yeah, it's less pleasant though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it physically targets your senses. Yeah. It's still it's an improvement over being beaten awake, but it's like not that much. It's beaten awake by sound. That's what an alarm is. I mean, if I had to choose between a sound a sound beating and a physical beating, I think I would choose a physical beating. <laughs> right. Did you beat Mike awake? Yes, I, and I did a sound job. <laughs> yeah, a sound beating, I think, is my takeaway term from, from this episode. I don't know. Now all of this talk of beating and sound jobs, that's just mm. edging a little <laughs> bit too much into uh, risque territory. <laughs> Believe you me, I have a joke or two queued up that uh, if, if the opportunity strikes. Oh, man. Yeah, I was going to say risque isn't really, doesn't really apply. 
Uh, we're well past risk of gay. We're well past <laughs> it at this point. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Dave and I are <laughs> Dave and I are together. So yeah, <laughs> right. <there you> go. <laughs> all I, all of the innuendos for anybody who's not listened to previous episodes have been targeted towards Mike. One hundred percent. The 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 running gag. I mean, obvious. Truth I mean, we is... don't we don't run anymore when we gag so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say uh, that uh, Dave and I have known each other since childhood, and Mike and Dave have known each other since adulthood. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that was the inflection. We're going back to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How you doing tonight, Dave? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. I think that's Donkey Kong. I think that's where that came from. But I, I want to posture a question to the group. Uh, what have y'all been playing recently? I was going to ask the same question if nobody brought it up. And then you did. I mean, I, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but um, Dave, you, you got me into Gunfire Reborn recently with the with the 1.0 launch. Yeah. How Which, are you liking that? Yeah, I mean, I've probably put in 20 hours in the last week or so damn son yeah i've gotten considerable gotten one kill on the the boss which is fun which just opened up more areas afterwards spoiler um but yeah it's got a decent uh, progression system you know uh unlocking more characters by leveling up your your current character unlocking more characters by spending in-game currency that is readily collectible sans microtransactions um, and yeah combat feels good there's a um there's a delta rune joke here just as an aside because i think sans is a shopkeeper so sans microtransactions <laughs> that's that's the punchline the, gotcha. i'm not going to actually make the joke but yeah that is that is the next the name of his next shop Mm-hmm. Sans microtransactions. <laughs> yeah, gamers love them. <laughs> what do you got here? Mm, penny candies, mostly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm. I'd be. I'd be curious to try out Gunfire again at some point. It's been a long time since I played it. I, I think we all sort of played it a little bit at launch of early access. Is it still in early access? No, it's 1.0. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Like, how many? Because I think there's three characters around when I played. Has there been like significant additions to the game since then? We had an episode on it for the, the listeners. You can go back and listen to it after this. I mean, there's up to five now. Yeah, I was going to say five or six. I, and they added a new area, uh, new weapons. They kind of balanced out some of the secret rooms. Because if you remember, like, certain ones were like, oh, a platforming challenge or. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, so those are very <laughs> rare. Um, I think they're only on the harder difficulties by default. Um, I haven't done the hardest difficulties, so there might be certain things that also got moved out there. And now they also have some bosses you can do in the challenge rooms as well. So it's I a love, nice breakup of stuff. I love the idea that um, they have the platforming challenges just on harder difficulties. Because you know, like sometimes when you're selecting different difficulties in a game, it's like easy enemies have less health and deal less damage normal the intended experience hard enemies have more health they do more damage and then it's like there's an additional line at the bottom and it's like the game is less fun (laughs) (laughs) parentheses you like super meat boy right (laughs) or the transition from hard to ultra hard is uh ultra hard is uh now with platforming elements in hidden rooms (laughs) just yeah that's the only change between hard and ultra hard. Yeah. Now I like when games do more unique things with the difficulty, uh, even if I'll never partake of it. Like, um, I know this is an aside, this isn't really related to gunfire, but, um, the reborn particular entry in the gunfire series, but, uh, in doom, like they had ultra kill, which was like one death. It was a, it's a hardcore run, like one death and it's done, but it, and that's fine. Tons of games have that, but it like leaves a little tombstone where you died. So oh, if you cool. make it back to that far, you'd be like, I'm better than you past me. You take one step, get a headshot. You're like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah. There's just a line. <laughs> tombstone. You start hiding behind your tombstones. Mm. Come and get me, fucker. 
But yeah. yeah, I've I've also been doing a little bit of that uh, again, but then also I've dipped my toe into Satisfactory because uh, Justin, friend of the show, got that for me, and uh, just been chilling with that a little bit. This is the one that surprises me. Hmm. This surprises me because I I we've for a long time played logistics games, and Satisfactory is well into that space so i'm curious how like it's grown on you i mean i'm not uh, an efficient person i'm very much i will brute force my way through everything so there's a lot of spaghetti uh, but it does feel kind of good to go back and refactor something re- to refactor it uh-huh. uh, just to make it less shit um but i mean right now i'm just doing single player so i don't care if it's shitty but in the future, I would enjoy probably playing with people doing a combined factory or like sending resources to like a common location type thing. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it's uh, it's a very different dynamic when you're playing games that can have efficiency with other people. Um, even when we've played like Minecraft or something, if it has any sort of mod or system where it's like there's some organization process or something, it can become a rift in the community really quickly. Yeah. Cause everyone will have different le- levels of uh, how much they care about a given thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I typically Satis- don't care. That's, that's true. Satisfactory is a good one though. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say I, you know, when it first came out in early access, I, it didn't really pique my interest. It just didn't seem like something I would want to play. But uh, when Dave was here for Thanksgiving, he uh, played a little bit of it. Or, no, you streamed. I streamed, uh, I think, before I came down. Yeah, you streamed a little bit of it, and I, I was watching and it, it. I don't know that there's been so many big changes that I would have noticed because, you know, if I'm not following it, I'm not going to know what features are new, what features are existing. Um, right. But it definitely uh, did pique my interest more than the initial early access. So maybe, I don't know if it was, you know, just because it's, oh, it's another early access game, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would probably be inclined to get into it sooner rather than later. Yeah. It definitely doesn't hurt to wait for that one it's got kind of a slower development cycle that was one of the ones that launched as an epic game store epic game store exclusive Mm -hmm. um and but now it's available on steam um and i think it's had like a multi-year you know development cycle at this point but it's doing one of those develop with community sort of kicks um yeah i mean uh, it feels like that's probably the the best way to keep your community around uh, mm-hmm. make them feel like they're part of the process i mean sure it's going to slow things down uh nuclear throne did that um, yeah they very yeah. much were um community feedback was important and they were uh, engaging the, the community to get that that feedback um but they all they did have a much quicker release cycle i mean they're game was also very buggy <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think they were doing updates like every two weeks uh, again game on a much smaller scale but right um, development as a service is kind of just a thing now I mean like obviously we've covered Hades which is an amazing example of getting the community involved but like Subnautica had a button during development you could just press to provide feedback at any point in the game um, and I guess with the rise of early ass, the rise of early access, it's, uh, not, it should be expected, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it definitely feels like more of a, an indie studio or a small studio. I mean, you can't really call super giant an indie studio anyway. They, they, I guess if you, if you consider company size, they're still an indie studio, but yeah. Is it employees or revenue? Because right. If it's revenue, then they're definitely not an indie studio. They're they're making money hand over fist. Um, but it which would is be... one of my favorite weapons in that game. But <laughs> <laughs> hand, but it's above a fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hold up your <laughs> fist, put your hand over it, and then use that as a weapon. Yeah. Uh, it, it would be nice to see that kind of community uh, community work or uh, that's not the right phrase. Community service, yeah. yeah. Community service, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mandatory community service. Just that that whole back and forth with the community to provide feedback. It might be nice to see that come to you know bigger studios. Yeah. I mean, granted, your EA is not going to be all that interested in player feedback until after the game has come out. Um, and even then, it's a uh, why did you not want to buy these loot boxes or right. <laughs> why did you right. not want these microtransactions? Right. Why did you release a game that's going to take three years of updates to have the same features as the previous one in the series? Yeah. <laughs> that applies to multiple titles now. Thanks. Well, hey, we <laughs> had, we had to model the Easy. newest uh, NBA player faces on there. All right. So uh-huh. <laughs> uh, for, for a second, I was I thought you were casting aspersions upon No Man's Sky, but then you quantified it with. I mean, I could as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> I like No Man's Sky though. Yeah. Well, I know you guys like were both playing that post, like the four years of fixes they put into it. Yeah. Uh, but like, for me, it's I was I was never on the train. I had no interest in the train, and then they said I'd real I'd recognize so many other people who were on the train. Uh, then that turned out to be a lie, uh, and it disappointed a lot of my friends. So I'm mm-hmm. just very, I keep it very distant. But it seems like since that four-year period, they have actually added a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and made it more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. There's, it still has... I could I could have an episode just on No Man's Sky flaws and benefits, but, um, I mean, it's hard to argue, I think, that Hello Games has done anything other than try to win back the support of their community. Like, legitimately expansion size offerings um repeatedly for free so uh the last achievement i got for i had to check while we were talking was um and back in october end of october but i got the achievement for for reaching the center of the galaxy in survival mode which is basically kind of the default game ending there's a couple but it's like one of them and it's literally a 1% achievement. Like for all of the copies of No Man's Sky on Steam, 1% of people have gotten that. And that's a sign for you're not the only one who hasn't come back and given No Man's Sky a look. Damn. Do you think it's better to, I guess, have a failure like that and then have that redemption in the same way that like Cyberpunk did where they're like, hey, we fucked up. And then they made a lot of fixes to it to try and re-ingratiate themselves with the community? Or do you think it's better to just be like, oh, it was good from the start? I mean, that's kind of a trick question. I'm going to have Mike answer this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I can see it both ways. You know, I, as a consumer, I want the thing that I'm paying for to be what you promised it to be immediately. Um, there have been a lot of game studios that, you know, on a failed project would just give up on it. Um, so Starcraft ghost. <laughs> um, Not so, so yeah, uh, it, it, it would be remiss of me to say that, you know, for an indie studio to, to go out of their way to re ingratiate themselves with the community. Um, it, it's almost like it's it's applying a band-aid to a to a wound, but at least they're applying the band-aid. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of band-aids at this right. point. Yeah. Maybe they should have had gauze <laughs> and like a full treatment and <laughs> surgery. But there are a lot of band-aids. There are a lot of band-aids. <laughs> they, they could have used the uh Gaza strip. Ooh. <laughs> Got them. The facial expressions I'm making are much more funny than my jokes. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it does really say a lot. Like, obviously, you want it to just be good from the start because that's what's expected in that uh, consumer relationship. But at the same time, like, everybody's flawed, companies are flawed, and the fact that they're showing like the willingness to do that versus just the cut and run, yeah. which a lot mm-hmm. of companies have also done, 
They could have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much. They could have just disbanded the studio. Should have been like, hey, it's, uh, not working. Wasn't good. Let's call it. <laughs> Sean Murray's next project is spearheaded by legendary spokesperson Mon Shuri. <laughs> and <laughs> for, for goodbye games. <laughs> I it was it was like a good ten seconds in my head of like, oh, is that some person? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay, that's the cover. Mm-hmm. It was the goodbye games that uh, triggered that for me. Yeah. Now it's. I mean, intent means a lot. Making up for your mistake. Every, like you said, everybody makes mistakes, but uh, what you do after your mistake is what you do after launch for a game is increasingly becoming really important particularly as there's so many games out there that are like nothing's like we shipped a cd okay bye like we'll have a online patch when someone invents the internet you know like that's not the (laughs) way games are made anymore so i feel that there's there really is an expectation that games will be improved over time you'll have patches things like that even beyond sometimes the early access type titles so yeah, it's important. But even with that, you know, uh, you, you still have to have some sort of base functionality. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. even if there's the expectation that there's going to be improvements over time, I would say again, Hades probably did that really well. You know, the the early access initially, the the functionality was there. I don't know, Dave, were there uh, many issues with crashes or or like soft locking bugs or anything like that. Uh, not that I encountered. Like I know they were pretty rigorous with their local uh, QA testing. Cause they're always playing the game right. as they made changes. So I didn't personally encounter anything broken like that. Uh, it was more so just a little more bare bones in some of the earlier patches. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't recall any major issues. Yeah. So yeah, I mean with, with early access, you would expect bare bones but functional yes, and still get the improvements over time. It's, it's just, especially with no man's sky, it was, you know, there was no early access. It was just, here's 1.0. Yeah. And 1.0 was barely functional. It was stickers on the back of the multiplayer logo on box. Bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like being told you're going to inherit somebody else's car. You're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And you're told that the person put like a lot of bumper stickers in their car. You're like, oh, that's fine. But they're like, no, no, no. It's like a lot of bumper stickers. You're like, okay. <laughs> and you see it and it's covered in stickers. You can't even see like anything else. You're like, dear God, it's so many stickers. Then you get in, you open the door and you realize it's all stickers and there's literally no chassis. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what they <laughs> delivered. It feels like. Yeah. You did compare it to like cyberpunk though. And I'm, I'm, I might be misinterpreting what you said, but started to give perhaps the implication that CD Projekt Red is repairing Cyberpunk. And I think it's unfortunately always basically going to be a disappointment because there's just core things in the game that even if, the, even if they remove the bugs, right, the, game, the way the game is meant to be played, it still has deficiencies. Um, and that's stuff you can't, outside of like actual feature overriding nature of things, which is basically what Hello Games has done with No Man's Sky. Like that's not really a problem you can remedy. You can't be like, ah, oh, the crafting system's kind of shallow. It's not a bug. It's just a shallow crafting system. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't trying to say that they were like fully trying to do that. I just remember within like a week afterwards, mm. uh, news was like, Hey, uh, they said they're sorry. They said they're working on stuff. And then I kind of just tuned out from it because I still had my older graphics card at the time. And I'm like, I'll come back to this later. Yeah. I guess that's the, that's the question then. How many, how many actual patches have they released? Because I I know they were saying, you know, any new feature work was going to be put off and like gated by a season pass or something like that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they inig- they initially had plans to add multiplayer to the game, and they scrapped it like entirely. Mm-hmm. The last I heard, they're just like, "What if we don't?" That was pretty ambitious, and we couldn't make a single player game, let yeah. alone a multiplayer game. They may have imagined two people <laughs> driving cars. Is it night? Is it day? Yeah, 
Are the cars on the ground or are they flying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, there was two major, according to the roadmap, two major patch cycles for bug fixes. But I mean, I I criticize the game about as much as one can having put like 100 hours into it at launch. So like, that's where I'm at. But I'm going to be a better, bitter vet about it forever. But that's just... (laughs) It's <laughs> just where I'm at. So, Jake, I realize that we kind of snubbed you out of a question. I want to mm-hmm. give you a chance to have a bit of a platform, maybe not above us, but maybe kind of a little bit below us. Beneath Nexus. So anyway, bit... <laughs> beneath Nexus. <laughs> I was going to say, what have you been playing recently? Uh-huh. Um, so I played in the vein of... Um, Satisfactory. I've been playing Dyson Sphere Project recently, which is kind of like it's Factorio esque, but with all of the combat removed. Um, and it's more like I haven't gotten to the galactic part of it yet, but that's the goal. If people are, are Dyson Sphere theoretical project is tra- like gather all of the energy from a, a solar system sun, right? Um, and it's very like just upbeat and logistics purity optimized fun and i enjoy it so um, yeah, i think I, I played a little bit of it when it first hit it early access um, i i heard that it wasn't received as well when it launched but right now it's overwhelmingly positive on steam so it was on sale and i, I picked it up yeah uh, once i hit the uh like 10th level of crafting resources and um, resulting products. I was like, this is just too much for my brain and I, I don't think I can handle this right now. So right. I was going to have to go back and check it out um, because like you said, it is very much Factorio satisfactory and yeah. I enjoy Factorio. So. Conveyor belts and buildings and harvesters and manufacturers. You say conveyor belt. I say moving sidewalk. I'm going to stand <laughs> here and I'll tab. I'll be back. Okay. But yeah, I can't speak to the late game, but early game seems good. Um, I've been playing a dark, certain Dark Souls mod that I won't get into details here about, but I put a lot of hours in that. Um, and I had some some PTO, and I played uh, bullets per minute, also a lot. And I don't like rhythm games, and I put so much time into this game. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember seeing, uh, might have been SGDQ. Um, somebody was doing a speed run of it. And it was mm-hmm. just insane to see what they were doing with within the bounds of the game. Yeah. Is it it's, akin to like an FPS Crypt of the Necro Dancer? Where like yeah. you have to do things on rhythm? Exactly. Run beat. And like different, there's a bunch of, it's a first person shooter sort of Binding of Isaac-esque roguelike nature, room-by-room treasures type game um, with different playable... You play as Valkyries. Different Valkyries have different starting kits and quirks and things like that. Um, And the different weapons will fire on, like, different uh, beats, essentially. So, like, a slow-firing weapon will fire on, like, full beats, and then certain weapons that are faster, like an SMG, may fire on half beats, and then you reload in multi-part beats too. So you're like ching 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 ching. It's it's yeah. It doesn't come through in a podcast, but um, it was really fun. Uh, although I I got to basically the part where it's like, the game was like, "Are you a true gamer?" Like difficulty because the next two unlockable characters die in one hit, <laughs> and it's like no. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> um, I'm I'm very much the uh get more heart containers type Isaac player. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll just have the health bar fill the screen. I have good attack, I've got tons of health. And then these characters like don't have a hit point bar and they can't get extra health, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm I'm struggling through that right now with with Isaac with repentance. Uh playing a character that has very limited defensive prospects. And if you get hit one time without any defensive projects, uh, you're done. (laughs) 
So it's been great going like three, four or five levels and then dying to something stupid. Yeah. Almost breaking my keyboard. Um, but it's, it's interesting. The, the comparison to Necrodancer there, uh, if I remember in Necrodancer, if you missed a beat, you would lose a multiplier and sometimes take damage. Um, is there anything like that in, in BPM? So like the, the enemies also fire on the beat, but like WSD, WASD moving around, that's not on the beat at all. It's a, like a boomer shoot, shooter style, quick, quakey type shoot as far as movement's concerned. It's literally reloading and firing, using abilities, things like that. Those are all on the beat. Um, so the penalty is you do you could lose a multiplier, but the points are made up and don't matter um, unless you really care about the high score at the end. Um you don't take anything like damage. And I think in Necrodancer, if you missed a beat, like all of the enemies would still move Mm -hmm. because they're moving on the beat. Mm -hmm. Um, But since the movement is detached from the tempo, sometimes it's better to just stop shooting until you're like confident you can get back to the beat and then resume. Right. But that sounds way more manageable than the Necrodancer. I, I think there was one character I could play and it was the one who didn't have to stay on the beat. It was the bard, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I I gotta say, I don't do a lot of these rhythm games so much. But like when I have played DDR, there's very much that like, let me just give me a sec. Okay. And then you come back in. Like you literally like step off for like, you kind of like count yourself and you're like one, two, yep. three. And then you go for the. I like yeah, that I... feeling of getting back and like actually getting it instead of just being overwhelmed you're like fuck yeah it also helps that like the the music and most of the levels is like they're different variants of this kind of like pounding metal um that like has an out of combat like tone and then like an in combat tone and anything you do is also like to the beat so if you dash that has to be on the beat and like every it makes sound effects that'll play into the song. So sometimes I found myself just like going between rooms and you can just sprint um, or you could dash repeatedly to the beat. And I was like just adding to the music, you know, these little dash sounds. On it. I don't know. Monkey brain appreciates it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's mostly what I've been. Oh, uh, Barrow Trauma is the other game. I don't know. If I was expecting you to say that first. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah we can leave it there if you don't want to care about it. <laughs> well, I, I guess my question, I'll turn it back on you guys because I've been talking for a little while here. Like, do you know what Barotrauma is? And would you be interested or not interested in playing a disaster simulator type game like that? I mean, I know what my answers are and which order they're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You can... Yeah, I know, I know vaguely what it is. That, you know, you're on a submarine. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of inspired by Space Station 13 type games. Fans of Mandalore and Seth will have seen those videos. Um, but very much load into a, a game, have a role, doctor, assistant, captain, mechanic, whatever. Um, and then you can help out with generalized tasks. You know, everybody's okay at repairs, but you probably do way better at your given task. And then how do you keep everything from going to crap when you're like 3000 meters below the surface of Europa and Cthulhu attacks? <laughs> That's the game. <laughs> also sit around and do nothing for a long time as people do inventory management. Really? <laughs> yeah. But I've invested in the inventory management. That's the problem is the game's very much like, yeah, you're right. We probably should move supplies like into the ballast uh, in, in case we need them. And is that, is that your favorite role in the game? You know, uh, uh, stock keeper. Uh, I try to help out. I, I refuel um, oxygen tanks and the diving suits. But we did have a disaster last night related to that. And I'm pretty confident it wasn't me. So there's a mechanic where oxygen tanks can be in these diving suits, right? And without it, you'll black out pretty quickly. It takes like maybe seven seconds or so. The screen goes dim as you lose oxygen and you'll black out. But if a welding fuel tank 
is inserted into a diving suit. You die in like three seconds because you're breathing welding fuel. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, Dan, who was the captain of the ship, actually was like, all right, we're like under attack. We might take on water. Let me go get a diving suit. Uh, threw one on and just straight up died like instantly uh and we didn't ever determine who did it there were some npcs on the ship so they might have had a traitor um or one of us misclicked terribly (laughs) i mean at that point is that whole situation a source of like frustration or levity it's definitely frustration in the moment but it's the same the game's stressful like things go to crap that's why i mean like disaster simulator Mm. um somebody might have like we've been there's been times um like a hammerhead giant like monstrosity hits the bottom of the ship it depressurized the utility compartment or reactor room where ian was and he died instantly he just exploded because of the game's you know moniker barrow trauma um and now we wear diving suits <laughs> a lot more of the time, and especially when we're under attack. But although that was super frustrating for him in the moment, now it's kind of like a war story. You know what I mean? That's cool. So when everything goes fine, it's less interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it um, it reminds. I I did watch the video on Space Station Thirteen by by Seth, and it was insane seeing some of the shenanigans that they would get up to. And I, it very much sounds like it's in the same vein. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the same thing with uh, space station 13, where you, you make your experience. Exactly. Yeah. So I can't imagine playing this with a bunch of randoms that are like, like don't do anything. Don't touch anything. Don't do anything wrong. Right. Way better game with friends. Yeah. But what was your answer, Dave? <laughs> oh, I mean, fellow owner of the game. <laughs> I I hopped on because someone's like, "Hey, do you want to play?" I'm like, "I'll be social," and it's it's definitely not a game for me. And also, mm-hmm. I think like the first two hours were just kind of idle. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really have anything to do. I didn't go through the tutorials. That's a little bit on me. Um, and it it didn't really draw me in. It felt like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. I was just like bonus dead weight and i was like i'm just i'll let them have their fun and i won't be lurking here quietly awkwardly so i peaced yeah it's very much a time where like the moments of if this was like a heartbeat graph there's like the patient is flatlining for like 70 percent of the graph (laughs) and then it's just all the way to the top all the way to the bottom like seismic shakes as uh, something terrible is happening. But the problem or like if you can get invested in the game, then it's interesting even in that middle part when people are like, we docked at port. All right, let's spend eight minutes figuring out our next missions and selling stuff off. But I completely I get it, though. Like if you it's very much the type of game where if you're not there, you're like, I'm just sitting AFK, like waiting for anything to happen. So. That's fair. Yeah, if it was something more like a, granted, I haven't gone on that ship yet, but if it was like Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. like something is actively always happening, and you can yeah. always be, we're not necessarily like designated a specific role, but you could help out with anything. You could man the guns. You could get water out of the ship. You could fight people. There's always something going on. Yeah. There is a role for that, though, in Barotrauma. It's the assistant and your icon. That's the one I'm playing as now. Your icon is a um, a baby pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's intended for new players because they get a bunch of skills that um, just like help other people out in the crew or they learn skills faster. There's literally a tree that's like you get 75% more mission experience if someone else in the crew is two levels ahead of you. Um, wow. And there's a whole gray shirt tree, which is like a Star Trek red shirt reference where um, one of the skills is literally if you die and it's not a crew member that killed you. This is an important thing. It's not a crew member that killed you. But if you die in the course of a mission, um, 
the crew is paid out 700 marks, which are like the credits uh, for every mission that's been completed since the last time he died. So it's literally life insurance fraud, uh, like for the newbie dying in a terrible situation. That's great. Um, yeah. And then they have a clown tree. And that's oh, there's a whole tree for a clown. Uh huh. Yep. I was just I was happy for the brief moments when I was granted a horn. And I could just honk the horn next to people. Yeah, there's some ridiculous stuff in there. Like AJ was getting pissed off at me because I kept like walking up to him and I'd like point the horn at his head. You hold right click to like aim, like move your arm up and down, point it like right at him. I was like, eh, eh. and he was like, stop doing that. And I'm like, I'm literally giving you an experience. Bob. <laughs> I mean, that that definitely sounds like a role that I could get into. Uh-huh just messing it's, with people but actually helping them out it's uh it's one of the capstone there's like three trees i think kind of similar to like borderlands the way that the perks work uh one of the capstones is literally once you've unlocked this um if you remake your character at any point you have all of the experience <laughs> from the assistant you don't oh, make wow. a fresh character you get to start like maxed out essentially which nice. is nice. Mm-hmm. but it's also early access so how long has it been in early access? So I feel like oh. I've heard the name for a while now. I feel like if I look for a release date, it's going to be slightly incorrect. Uh, 2019. So Okay. It's not too bad. Yeah. I've definitely spent the most time talking about my games, though. Mm. we got to go back to other To be fair, stuff. you did have a number of games you were checking out over PTO. True. Yeah. And you are generally more passionate about things than, than Dave or I. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like this? Yeah, thing? it's just good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Goes back to our talk before about, you know, how are you? Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that uh, this is the last thing I'll say about Barrow Trauma, but we've literally sat in Discord with like Landon sharing his screen or like me sharing my screen and we're like, wiring different components of the submarine design and we're like okay we can like put more more whole space here put some shelves let's rewire things down here to the junction boxes like it's the most stupid boring nerdy stuff and there's like three people watching this stream (laughs) (laughs) i mean some people like that they just like to either like live vicariously through somebody else nerding out and it's just a chill experience or you yourself find that to be very relaxing. I don't know. Certain things that are like brain off are like very, very entertaining. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I've enjoyed some stuff with Satisfactory is because there's no pressure for me to do anything. And again, I can just stand on a on a moving sidewalk, essentially. Hmm. I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. That's about all I've been playing, I think. I, oh, no, I played Skyrim. <laughs> but that's it. That's as far as I'm going to talk about Skyrim. It's exactly what everybody expects when you, when you bring up Skyrim. How many times have I, you, you played it before, though, right? I have many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's every honestly, time you thought how it re-releases it, Jake's like, okay. <laughs> to shell out the money. It's it, it might be the most boring, like, good game that I play. Like legitimately this last time I was playing it, I was like, I had some goals and things. And you know how sometimes you throw YouTube up on the other monitor and you're like, you know, just background noise, some video or something. I found myself like turning away from Skyrim and actually (laughs) watching the YouTube video. (laughs) And that was my tell that I should just close the game. Yeah. Only because I've I've become aware of it recently. Um, I'm pretty sure you've played Dragon's Dogma, right? Uh, Yes. Dark Arisen. Yeah. And that was basically a walking simulator, wasn't it? Uh, it it definitely had a lot of that. Yeah. It also had like a weirdly in-depth combat system, but a whole lot of walking. Can I say that I'm just I'm happy that I know what Mike's referencing? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually don't know. When when I went down for Thanksgiving, uh, we were watching some YouTube stuff, so. Um, Mike got introduced to Seth videos, which is where the Space Station 13 came up. And we also watched a lot of Zero Lenny videos. And Zero Lenny is always memeing on Dark Souls 2 and Dragon's Dogma. Makes me happy. 
It's good. It's that good is good stuff. That is fair. Although I hear pretty soon here, Dark Souls 2 2 is going to come out. Um, the latest FromSoft game, and I'm excited for it. I mean, I am as well. I think, Mike, you've been you've been sitting looking over the fence for Dark Souls or FromSoft games for a bit, right? Yeah, I think I've played about 30 minutes of of Dark Souls Remastered. Hmm. Do you, you have a hardcore run? In... <laughs> <laughs> well, he beat it in that 30 minutes. It was a speed run. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Yeah. Not glitchless, obviously. It's just uh, <laughs> right. going through walls and shit. Um, you can do that. I mean, do you, you have, have interest in Elden Ring? Uh, you've you've linked me a couple videos, and it looks pretty, and it looks looks... Uh, expansive as a, I, I know enough about Dark Souls games to know that they're generally uh, kind of corridory. Uh, Neither of those things actually. Neither pretty yeah. nor expansive. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know, I, I think I, I spent most of the year uh, hearing about all of the Elden Ring fanboys just losing their shit because there was supposed to be an announcement this year, and then. That's that's about been the extent of my interest. Um, yeah, I got pushed back. Yeah, release date. Yeah, and the last the last game that did this was Cyberpunk. I say making eyes toward the camera, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that bad though. They had the play test, no. like yeah. yeah, and they also have like a tra- a better track record than CD Projekt Red does. I mean, have you seen Dark Souls two though? <laughs> This guy listens now. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You've triggered my trap card. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's it does have its its issues. I would concede that. Um, but amazing build diversity, though. Here we go. Here we go with hexes again. See, but Dave's no, Dave's I, been playing not, the mod. I'm not, I'm I was not even going to attack the point. I'm I'm going to let the Dark Souls two thing sit. Uh, okay, I will say that like. From what we've seen from Elden Ring, it does seem to incorporate a lot of good things from all of the previous titles. One of which would be Dark Souls 2, where they have like you can just essentially have two of the same weapon in either hand and just power stance that shit, which is a big thing people are really into. Um, also, there's like going to be such a diverse magic space in comparison to I don't know, like Dark Souls One magic is like the peak. Because it didn't really ever improve that much from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> magic uh, well, missile. It, two had good hexes. Two had a very good hex build diversity. But. Well, it's like the magic in Dark Souls is like shit until you're like at like the last tier of spell, and then it's like yeah. insanely fucking broken. That's true. And the bosses don't know how to deal with it. You're literally like, I'm just going to stand on the other side of the pillar, and it's doing all these dramatic like throw itself at you attacks. Straight into the pillar, doing literally nothing to you. Um, That's got to be part of the fun of it, though, to struggle for so long, and then to suddenly hit that that OP phase. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it does feel good because like part a lot of it is learning as you go, and like between basic enemies and bosses, you're like, oh, this is where you're weak. This is where you have like frames that I can punish. Here's how I cheese you, type thing. Also in defense of Dark Souls 2, because I'm still on this. Um, it gave us the best meme that Dark Souls has, which is you should have leveled ADP, which was literally a stat in Dark Souls 2 that increased your iframes. <laughs> uh, what, what does that even stand for, ADP? Adaptability. Uh, mm-hmm. So, again, talking about like Zero Lenny goes into like very, very good in depth <laughs> on this. Like he has like a 40 minute video on it. Um, but basically the way they designed Dark Souls 2 is they expected the adaptability of your character to increase over time, which is why Mm -hmm. some of like the hitboxes and like frames get like a little seemingly wonky later on is because it's, it's assuming that you're like putting points into that. Mm -hmm. Going to Dark Souls 3 after doing a playthrough of Dark Souls 2, it feels like easy mode on rolling. Like people have seen that, uh, that con uh, like a uh, cosplay of the guy who like goes as the knight and just rolls all over the floor. Yeah, it's entirely because of how many frames you usually get in Dark Souls. But 
two made it kind of egregious. If you put a bunch of points into adaptability, you're just like, I'm not even here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that a was that a viable way to play the game? Is just dump points in adaptability and just never get hit. I mean, to to a certain extent, you still needed to like dodge through moves, but it's really easy <laughs> past the point. And Dark Souls is like, if you're just playing like single player, um, and you find a good way to get souls and like level your character up a bunch, you'll find yourself bypassing all of the normal PvP stopping points for like where how many attributes you have to allocate. Um, it, it literally every single Dark Souls has some crazy soul farming way. Um, so. Yeah, I think my, this is not a Dark Souls episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I, I think my roadblock with the game was um, just hit. It felt like I hit a wall. Like I, I couldn't get parrying down. So, um, yeah. And I, I think I was in the mindset where I had to fight everything. When I probably didn't. Ah, yeah. And then I that's was a, probably that's also. That's a tricky mindset for Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably also going in the wrong direction. Mm. Was it, You said this was Dark Souls 1 remastered? Yeah. Yeah, there's like four pathways and three of them are death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of that, again, is just it's experience over time. Um, but like I'm sure like when I did it, I watched a video or like explored and like found like the death ways. I'm like, oh, not that way yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just you kind of feel around. So you find like the path of least resistance. You're like, oh, I seem to be doing OK here type thing. Um, Zweihander, then Undead Bird. <laughs> this is the order. <laughs> but yeah, it's very much like a, kind of like hard gated early. I don't think it's bad to get into. I just think like there's been so much. Oh, it's the Dark Souls of whatever that's yeah. been mm-hmm. in gaming mythos for so long that it, it's kind of like a weird barrier for entry. But like, I feel mm-hmm. like the games are actually really good and fun. It just finding that entry point lad like dark souls 3 or sekiro i'd say for most people i mean that that leads to a a a cheeky and um sarcastic question that i have you know what is the dark souls of dark souls oof this is this is for theologians (laughs) um wow i guess Uh, i guess i'll rephrase Uh, of of the three Dark Souls games. Uh, which do which do you two prefer? Like if you had to go back and play one today, uh-huh. I would again just pick up and redo yet another play through Dark Souls three. Like Dark Souls three is the best Dark Souls. Gotcha. It's smooth as butter in comparison. Um, like one and two are both still solid games, but they definitely feel like they've aged more. Mm-hmm. they made so many concessions for three as far as like try hardness that the game is surprisingly playable <laughs> like like legitimately dark souls one had um a mechanic where you can only invade people or co-op within a certain level range one way or the other and dark souls 2 they're like that was working fine but then like griefers decided to like never level up and they made it to like the end of the game and they got all the best gear and then they went back to the beginning of the game and they're killing all the newbies and um we'll fix that and the way that we fix that is soul memory and no one liked that um and that was literally just the same concept but the game records every soul that you ever pick up even if you die and lose them um and then dark souls 3 was like uh, put a password in at the menu if you want to co-op and you can do that forever yeah it's uh it's a much <laughs> better system they just gave up they didn't they didn't put thought and like complexity into it they just made it accessible and mm-hmm. it's better to elaborate on what jake was saying like for the griefing they did the soul memory thing as like a gate but then if you wanted to do co-op in two uh, if you had like a really high level friend or somebody who just been playing more than you had, it was very possible to not be able to play with them just because they had played more than you. And that was right. it. Mm-hmm. So it was and there's a theory weird pain. There's a theoretical punishing mechanic for newbies, which is like if you had a bunch of souls and then you died 
and you lost those souls, like you died twice, so you couldn't recover them. Um, that's all still in your soul memory. <laughs> like that's non-actuated power <laughs> that you'll never get back. That makes it harder for other people to go up with you. So mm-hmm. nobody liked it. Eventually, they actually added an abyss ring that just absorbs all of the souls you would get, which was basically giving up and going back to like the <laughs> Dark Souls one model. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, the one thing one has though is it has the best area design out of all the three. Um, three has cool areas, but none of it feels as connected as one did. Mm. But we have to now qualify and say like the first half of one. There's there's some areas later where you're like, what the actual fuck? Um, mm. The uh, the mythical Dark Souls second half. <laughs> yeah and people love bed of chaos as a boss fight it's worth mentioning that um people love the whole area frankly <laughs> lost eyes left yeah nothing like running through lava um this was literally miyazaki like chasing down the games that were coming off of like the dvds coming off of the assembly line and like putting in his own bootleg versions with lost eyes <laughs> completed that was what happened for that area um, but it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, man, we I, should we should make a podcast roughly based around it. I feel like the more you love something, the more you can complain about it and mm-hmm. have like deep seated opinions, but still love it, but still be very opinionated about it. Yeah. Like my relationship with food. <laughs> <laughs> also, no. soft plug: the sauce I made turned out great. Nice. And now I want to do it more, but I still what have to work through pounds of sauce. What kind yeah. of sauce? So uh, Mike showed me how to make a really cool red sauce when I was down there. Uh, it was like a big old pot. Took a couple hours to like cook and simmer down everything. Uh, so I did that, but then added some other things to it that I thought would be cool. And it, like the pot I have sucks, but still turned out okay. So I need to get a new pot. If anybody can get me pot, uh, some good pot, please hit me up. <laughs> I'd love if that was like the whole joke the whole time, but I actually mm-hmm. do need a new pot. <laughs> I might go like ceramic, like a Dutch oven mm-hmm. or Can't something that's steel so I can actually use it on the uh, the other element because my stove is garbage. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Because you've used my stuff so much, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm I'm such a critic when it yeah. comes to cooking uh, appliances. Um, Jake's know. like, this doesn't even beep to let you know when it's done cooking. What the hell? <laughs> right? It's not even spinning the thing. <laughs> How is this going to cook anything if it doesn't spin the thing? <laughs> I would love if like the rotational energy actually added to it, and it's like. It, it mm-hmm. spins insanely fast. That's why cotton candy just just going like that, you know? Dave walks into his own kitchen as I'm cooking an omelet, and I'm just, like, rotating the pan around the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the oven. <laughs> living in the past. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of living in the past, if you want to send us, potentially, an email, that's a past thing. And also, by the time that we see the email, it will have arrived in the past. Thank you, Mike, for uh, coming on <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it was good, good to, good uh, good to, to see you. you guys. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, always good to have you back. Yeah, it's uh, we have remarkably chill, kind of like laid back conversations here. I think it's always nice. Unlike all of our other guests who, while friends, are far too enthusiastic about all of this. <laughs> I, I, there's one thing you can say about me is I, I, I am very uh, mid-level energy. Like there, there's no there's no up, there's no down. It's just mid-level Average. energy. Taking us back to the beginning. Average. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, always appreciated. Um, if you would like uh, to send in suggestions, feedback, comments, um, 
perhaps ideas I can use to further defend Dark Souls 2, please send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could join the discussion, again, almost exclusively about Dark Souls 2, on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Have a good one.